It's a great day to be Wisconsin proud. I'm Libby Collins, and welcome to Country Connection. Although higher percentages of the population are being diagnosed each year with pancreatic cancer, the five-year survival rate is still only 9%, and it hasn't changed in the past few years. Joining us today are Andy Petrakowski. His wife, Holly, passed away from the disease. Also with us is Steve Lipschitz. He's the media chair for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network in the Milwaukee affiliate. And Steve, Andy, great to have both of you here. Hi, thank Good you. Good to be here. Now, Andy... Um, I know that you are doing something really, really special, not just in honor of Holly, but um, in honor of all those who are fighting or have passed on from pancreatic cancer, and I want to get to that. But first, tell us a little bit about Holly. Well, we were married 33 years when she passed. Uh, She unfortunately passed away in February of 12. She was diagnosed in November of 10, uh, started after a brief bout of a cold and flu one week. The next week she got very jaundiced and went into her doctor. The doctor thought it might have been a hepatitis thing. They tested for that. Nothing happened. They did a scan of her gallbladder and saw something pushing on the bile duct. So they went through and put a stent in and did some scrapings and that's how they found the cancer. What sort of treatments did she go through? Uh, It was all chemo. Uh, in the meantime, of the chemo, she had lots of ups and downs where there was complications. Uh, they had to replace the stent a couple times in, their, in her bile duct. Uh, she developed blood clots at one point. So she had many times of missed chemo. And when it started back up, of course, her marker numbers were up high. So then she had to work that much harder to get them back down. What was she like personally? Oh, she was a doll. Very loving, very caring. And I understand she was a bit of a cook? She was. And that's one of the reasons you have put together a really special project, not just in her honor, but in the honor of, of so many of those who are fighting pancreatic cancer and those who have passed. Correct. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, the book is put together with some of her recipes, some of mine, because I like to cook also, but a lot from our member of, members in our affiliate. Um, we called out to them, and they were sending us many different types of recipes, anything from entrees to appetizers to desserts. And it's all things that their loved ones either love to make or love to have to make for them. Now, I see one thing here, and I've never heard of it until I saw it in the book, Dr. Pepper Cake. It's a delicious chocolate cake. With Dr. Pepper? With Dr. Pepper. And I understand this is your recipe. It's one I've acquired, yes. <laughs> How did you come up with the Dr. Pepper influence? It, that I originally found the recipe, and I doctored it up a little bit, but the Dr. You Pepper Dr. was Andy a, did. That was originally in there. Seriously. Yes. Well, I, I, I know this is a really exciting um, project that's, that you've put together, and again, it's called Happiness is Homemade. And what was your, what was your impression, Steve, when Andy approached you with this? Well, it was a fantastic idea. Uh, Andy had mentioned that he had done this uh, in his church at what point and showed my wife, Jeannie, who is our affiliate chair, a copy of that. And it was an outstanding idea, along with uh, raising awareness with our two major events uh, every year, which are Purple Stride and November Awareness. There are also a number of smaller magnitude events that we advertise on our affiliates' homepage. 
uh, and Andy's is out there right now. And all of these events are great ways to, number one, raise awareness, and number two, raise funds. And this will be going to Andy and Andy's team at Purple Stride, which will go to our entire, uh, entire Milwaukee total and the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. And we, we have to tell you, this isn't just one or two recipes. We're talking about, what, over 100 There's recipes? There's over 100 recipes. It's about 94 pages. What was the reaction of a lot of the people on your team when you approached them with this? I mean, was it difficult to get these recipes for the, from them, or uh, were they all in? I, it took them a little while to kick in, but once they started sending, they were all pretty involved with it. And, I mean, the idea that I, I'm sure with many of them, these are their loved ones' favorite recipes. A lot of them, yes. And any special stories with any of these from any particular person that you'd like to share as to why they they said, this is the recipe I want in the book? Uh, there, There's some I put the dedications at the end of the recipes through. Nothing I can really say at this time. Okay, but there, there yeah. was a lot of personal thought that went into this. And we're talking with Andy Petrakowski, um, whose wife Holly passed away from pancreatic cancer, but um, he has put together this book, Happiness is Homemade. It's a recipe book with time-tested family recipes. And again, it's dedicated uh, to so many who are fighting the disease. And uh, by the way, if by any chance you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on the conversation you missed, go to kticountry.com. Click on the Features tab, and you'll find this in past Country Connection interviews. Uh, Steve, you mentioned Purple Stride. That's just around the corner. Let's tell, us, let's tell everyone what Purple Stride is. Purple Stride is one of our two main events for the year. It's going to be June 3rd at Miller Park. Miller Park is a fantastic venue because there's free parking. There's room for tailgating. Uh, registration begins at uh, 8 a.m., and we have our opening ceremony at 9.30, and the event begins at 10 o'clock. Uh, it will feature a 5K run and a two-mile fun walk, and then there's also different booths and tables, so bring the kids. There'll be face painting. Uh, there'll be... Uh, There'll be cotton candy, games for the kids, and you'll see people in some pretty outrageous purple costumes, raising spirit, and uh, hopefully quite a bit of money for pancreatic cancer. Well, research. and you've also, this has grown over the last several years, too. I mean, you started out, Andy, I see you nodding your head in agreement. Yep. It, uh, we've been involved since winter of 2011, and I've continued to stay involved with it even after Holly passed away. I had to turn my negatives of all the loss into a positive. And, of course, the name of your team is? Holly's Purple Warriors. And about how many people participate with you? Uh, we've had as many as between 50 and 60. We've been averaging around 30. That, I mean, that's, that's a really good-sized group. And do you see that uh, over and over again, Steve, with, with a lot of people coming out to support a single person who passed? Uh, yes, definitely. There, there are some teams that can have upward of 50, 60 people on them at the event. Uh, we expect about 2,500 people in total this year, 
and our goal is to raise $200,000, which is about $20,000 more than we raised last year. There's still time to register, or can you also register the day of the event? Yes, yeah, certainly there's time to register online, www.purplestride.org slash Milwaukee, and there also is registration at the event. If you register online and use the registration code social 2018 you can get a 10 percent reduction register www.purplestride.org slash milwaukee and libby you can also register as a volunteer because to put on an event of this magnitude we need upwards of 100 volunteers and and what do the volunteers do we need we need people to hand out water during the race and to uh, to be on our race course. We need people to help out in our survivor's tent to make sure that we're, uh, through the Knights of Columbus, they're donating meals that come from McDonald's for all our survivors. This is the second year that they're doing that, so we need people to help out there, people to help out with registration of people. We're hoping for good weather and to have long lines at the registration on event day. And by the way, if you want information about Purple Stride sent directly to your phone, text the keyword connection to 414-799-9494. Andy, um, are copies of Happiness is Homemade going to be available that day as well? They will be at the walk. Uh, They are also available if you email to pcmilcookbook at gmail.com. Uh, we can ship them to you. It's $10 plus the $3 postage and handling. What's your favorite recipe in the book? Do you have uh, one in there's particular a lot that stands of them. out? I can't, I can't pick a favorite. It's just like trying to pick what's your favorite kid. Oh, you can't do that. But I saw some <laughs> things like meatballs uh-huh. that actually, and, and beef stew, um, and fajitas, and chili. I mean, there are just some really delicious mouthwatering recipes in this book. That there is. Um, Steve, going back to you, um, I know I started at the beginning of the interview and and indicated that the five-year survival rate is still only 9%. That hasn't changed in the last couple of years, has it? Uh, No, it hasn't. It's the same this year as it was last year. And uh, we still don't have an early detection test for pancreatic cancer. We're getting a, a lot of research done and the money that we raise at Purple Stride and the 55 Purple Stride events around the country all go to research. We have a very low overhead, and Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is a five-star charity, which is the highest rating. Uh, We also, uh, or all cancers, are a beneficiary of the latest budget bill, Because one thing both political parties have agreed on is that we need more money uh, for cancer research across the board. About 80% of uh, the money that goes towards pancreatic cancer research comes from the federal government, either through normal research through the National Institute of Health and and, uh, the, the Cancer Institute, or through the Department of Defense cancer funding. And many people wonder, why does the Department of Defense fund cancer research? 
And the reason is that they're looking at it a little bit differently. They are looking at diseases that could potentially have a very harmful effect on the different branches of service, pancreatic cancer being identified of one of them. And they fund what they call high-risk, high-reward research. So they go outside of the box, more or less, in some of the research that is done in hoping to discover something through non-traditional methods of research. And I know a lot of advocates are going to be in Washington for Pancreatic Cancer Advocacy Day, and that is in June as well? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's, uh, the day, it's actually the 17th and 18th of June. My wife and I have gone the last few years. Unfortunately, we can't make it this year, but there's going to be about 700 people from around the country in all, from all 50 states, and they will descend upon Purple Hill as one purple, uh, uh, Capitol Hill rather, <laughs> purple. We'll Maybe turn, we should light it purple yes, that day. Yes, we will. We'll turn Capitol Hill purple. Uh, go into all the offices of our senators and most of the representatives in the House talking about the importance of funding for cancer research. And do you, do you get a lot of enthusiasm from our legislators from Wisconsin as far as supporting this cause? Yes, absolutely. Uh, they're very enthusiastic uh, to fund cancer research, and the only constraint that they mention is the overall constraint of the federal budget. But uh, fortunately, that seems to be safe for this coming fiscal year. And, well, and again, the importance of finding a test for detection is so important. Andy, I, I want to ask you here before we close, what did you know about pancreatic cancer before your wife was diagnosed? Other than it was deadly, nothing. Which, again, is so important because until families are touched by it, there really isn't enough awareness there. Correct. No, no there, there definitely isn't. Uh, our headquarters in Manhattan Beach, California, has uh, an area, a call center that they call Patient Central, and it's not only for patients to get advice, but also for family members. So if you have a loved one, family member, friend who's just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, you can call this number and get a, uh, a personal advocate assigned to you who will explain all you need to know about pancreatic cancer, nutrition, uh, clinical trials that may be available. And this is a service in addition to, of course, what your oncologist and physician preside. Steve, provides. one more time. Let's give the website for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network here in Milwaukee. Okay. It's uh, www.pancan.org is our headquarters website. And if you are interested in what's going on in Milwaukee, it's www pancan.org slash Milwaukee. And let's get out there and support Purple Stride on June 3rd. Uh, Steve Lipschitz and also Andy Petrokowski, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you very much. Lee. And we're going to have links to everything you want to know about pancreatic cancer at kticountry.com. Just click on the features tab, look for connections, and share this interview with family and friends. Uh, the weather's getting nicer, and we want to spend more time outdoors. 
While we're there, we may as well enjoy a number of walks and runs and support worthy causes at the same time. Capuchin Community Services is celebrating its 13th annual Run Walk for the Hungry at Polish Fest. Joining us today is Capuchin Friar, Brother Rob Romer, who's Executive Director of Capuchin Community Services. Brother Rob, it's always great to see you here. Well, thank you, Libby. It's great to be back. And I, I know it. when I see you, summer is around the corner. Because you are part of one of the greatest fundraisers of the year, as far as I'm concerned. And that is the Run Walk for the Hungry. Well, thank you, Libby. That's very kind. Now, when when is this year's date? Tell us about that. So the the Run Walk for the Hungry is June 15th. It starts at 6 o'clock, and it's going to be at the Summerfest Polish Fest Grounds. So please come out, and uh, registration starts at 4 o'clock. And, of course, that's the kickoff for Polish Fest. Correct. And that they sponsor the charity for you. How many participants do you expect this year? We're hoping for over 2,000 participants, but we have to uh, get people out there registered. Well, and that's what we want to do right now. We want to make sure people get out there and and register early. Um, Now, I know you encourage getting teams together. Tell us a little bit about that. So a a person can join a team of five or more, and if you have a team, you can have your name on the sleeve of the shirt. And we have lots of clever team names. We have the Tiskis, which is the Polish beer. We have the Kielbasas, the Polish sausage. We have the Chopins, which are the, is a Polish vodka. So there's a lot of clever names. We have Sherry Sweets, Keeping the Faith, just lots of clever names out there of teams. So come and come with, form a group with your uh, friends and get your team name on the shirt. Well, and I know that uh, in its 13th year, you've had some interesting teams that come back every year. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about them and some of the some of the outfits they put together. So it's amazing how people dress up for the event, like the uh, kielbasas will dress up in a nice sausage uniform or sherry sweets with uh, like in candy uniforms. Different Different people are just very clever with their uniforms. And uh, you, you get a lot of people that come out and, and support the church as far as some of the religious that come out and help. Correct. We have a big group of sisters of St. Francis and school sisters of St. Francis. We have other religious orders and, and churches that come out. A lot of parishes, a lot of churches, congregations form their own teams, and it's just really wonderful to see people come together of yep. all faiths. Now let's talk a little bit about the walk run itself. It's it's how many Ks? It's a, three, a 5K run, which is about 3.1 miles or a two-mile walk. And the two-mile walk this year will be out on the scenic uh, lakefront park. Is it only for competitive runners, though? No. There's a lot of people who aren't very competitive. They just want to see if they can do it. A lot of runners are just out there to see if they can really do a three-mile 5K run. You're a certified run. So how does that work? Because you're doing something called chip timing? Yes. So for those who are serious runners, we have a chip bib. And so the bib will uh, kick off after they start across the starting line. And for the, if they're really serious, they'll get a, a time uh, when they cross the finish line. That chip will register, and so they can know exact how, how exactly they uh, finished. So Did they have those when you first started 13 years ago? Yes. Yeah, we, we've done it since the be- very beginning. So the, so it's, it's te- uh, it, from a technical aspect, it's exactly correct as far as what their time is. Correct, yes. Yes, we can be pretty accurate with the chip time. Now, what's new this year for the walk uh, the, the walk course is new. Uh, so instead of uh, walking out in the street, city streets, we'll be walking out on the uh, sh- uh, lakefront. We'll be starting at a new time. This, the run will start at 6.30 and the walkers at 7, rather than everybody starting at 7. And uh, the team uh, membership, we have five members of a team this year to qualify as a team instead of 10. 
Others, we've always had 10 or more people for a team. This year, we loaded it to five. Now, do you have to be on a team, or can you come as an individual? Not at all. If you want to participate just as an individual, you're most welcome to as well. Do you have to register in advance? So if you register in advance for the team, uh, you'll get your name on the shirt. If you don't register before June 3rd, you won't be able to have that name on the sleeve of the shirt. And you can register right up to the day of uh, if you're an individual participant. But if you're going to join a team, you have to do so before June 3rd. We're talking with Brother Rob Romer from the Capuchin Community Services. And if you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on the conversation you missed, go to kticountry.com, click on the Features tab, and you'll find this in Past Country Connection interviews. It's a great great time to get together with the community. But most of all, the, the Run Walk for the Hungry supports the services that you provide at both St. Ben's Community Meal and at House of Peace. Why is the walk so important to, to the mission there? It's really our only fundraiser we do for the year. And because because we're partners with uh, with Usinger Sausage Company, they'll give us an extra pound of meat for every participant, which helps us feed those coming to our doors, whether it be the food program or the uh, pantry at House of Peace. So Usingers are very supportive and very good to us. It just helps us to feed all those who are coming to our doors. Do you have any idea how many pounds of meat have been donated by Usingers since they became partners? I know it's over 29,000. I don't know exact amount. 29,000 pounds? 29,000 pounds over. They're just incredibly generous to us. Listeners who aren't familiar with St. Ben's Community Meal, let's explain exactly what that is. So we're open Sunday through Fridays. We serve an evening meal. And no questions asked. Anybody and everybody's welcome. Whether or not you're physically hungry, emotionally hungry, there's all different reasons people come to the meal. And it's it's uh, supported through 74 different uh, sponsor groups, different church, different denominations, different uh, schools, different uh, businesses. Each, each, each of them is helping to support their sponsor that meal each night. How much effort goes into the preparation of the meal? Uh, well, there's a lot of uh, work that goes in uh helps put it together off-site. So a lot of churches or organizations will cook the food either in their houses or in a business site and then bring it in somewhat prepared. So we don't have to do a lot at the meal site itself. A lot of it's done ahead of time. And what sort of dishes do you find that a lot of these community partners will will provide? Uh, We have ham dinners. We have chicken dinners. We have casserole dinners, uh, meatloafs. uh, And then there's the Islamic Society does a wonderful Islamic stew with rice. The Sikh community does a wonderful uh, lentil and rice dish. Uh, so it's just all different varieties, and it's amazing. The guests love it all. And, you know, what's important is you, you mentioned the other denominations that are part of this because even though you're a Capuchin brother, this is something that a lot of different religions and members of the community get together to support in a non-denominational manner. Correct. Uh, every denomination I've talked to says it doesn't matter what our faith tradition or our beliefs are. We all believe it's important to care for those who are poor and hungry. So that's the one thing we all have in common is no matter what our faith tradition. About how many people will come every day for the meal? Last year we averaged 314, which is a little lighter from the year before, which was 361. And so far this year, our numbers have been light, but we expect it's going to pick up. Summer months are always busier than winter months, which is contrary to what most people believe. Why why is that? Because the kids are out of school. The parents tell me their money runs out faster when the kids are home eating and snacking. And so we'll have a huge amount of families in the summer that we don't get in the winter. 
Which is interesting. You have entire families come. We're not just talking. Because I think a lot of people think oh, these, must, these meals are provided for people who are homeless. Correct. But you're seeing a lot of children as you well. You see a lot of children and families and a lot of people who have a place to live, but they just say they don't have the means to provide for the food as well. What else do you see from the meals in terms of a sense of community? Well, it's just amazing how the guests love to interact with the volunteers and, and volunteers with the guests. The volunteers like to sit down with the guests and share that meal and talk, and they realize they're not different from one another. You know, they, one might be down on their luck, but they're really the same uh, type of person, the same individual who has the same needs. A lot of times there's people who come and volunteer who run into somebody they know uh, or knew in the past who they either for their work, work site or their church and didn't realize they were hard up and hurting. Uh, so it's amazing how many relationships are uh, developed or, or uh, reunited through that meal program. Obviously, I would think a lot of lives of, of the people who come for the meals change. But have you observed anything changing in some of the volunteers as far as maybe from the first time that they, that they come to help out as they continue to come, how their lives have changed? Well, they, the volunteers tell me that they get so much more out of it than they give, and I find that hard to believe because they're working so hard to prepare that meal and to, and to put those resources out there to help these, the people. But they keep, keep telling me we get so much more out of it than what we give. And it's just amazing their, the gratitude and the, the humbleness of the volunteers as well as the people receiving the, the food. But the people coming through the line are always so grateful as well. They're saying thank you, thank you, thank you all the way down that line uh, to each of the volunteers. And the volunteers tell me that just means so much to them. Now, in addition to St. Ben's Community Meal, obviously the proceeds help out the House of Peace. House and tell us about the mission there. So the House of Peace is a food pantry program. They, they, they serve what we call the working poor, people who have a place to live but don't have enough food at home, as well as a clothing center. And clothing and uh, households are given away. Uh, nothing is sold. Everything's donated. And it's all turned around and given back to the people who need it without any sales. They it also have wellness classes and self-help classes at the House of Peace. What sort of donations do you need at the House of Peace? House of Peace, the big big things are like uh, dishes uh, right now, uh, summer clothing, uh, household items. Those are the big things for House of Peace, as well as uh, small items of canned goods or food, non-perishable food items. And how can people donate? They can donate either at House of Peace site at tw- uh, 17th and Walnut. They can drop them off during the weekdays. They're open from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday. Or they can drop it off at St. Ben's site and we'll get it over there. I would imagine you need a lot of children's clothing there. We do. We go through children's clothing very fast. Uh, uh, we're here with Brother Rob Romer. Of course, he's uh, with the Capuchin Community Services, and we've been talking about not just the House of Peace, but St. Ben's Community Meal. But most importantly, we're talking about supporting the 13th annual Capuchin Run Walk for the Hungry. Uh, Brother Rob, let's let's explain again when that walk is taking place, because like you said, this is your one and only fundraiser for the year. Correct. So the Run Walk is June 15th, Friday evening. It's connected with Polish Fest. It's starts at 6 o'clock. The walk, the runners will start at 6.30 and the walkers at 7, but we ask people to be there at 6 o'clock for a little pre-show and just to make sure everybody's ready and to start out at 6.30. Uh, so it's it's a nice evening. Uh, you get into Polish Fest uh, all weekend for free as long as you've registered and uh, you can form teams or you can come as an individual participant. Do you find a lot of people stay and celebrate with some of the uh, fun food and activities going on at Polish Fest after the walk run? That's what draws people in is that there's other things to do afterwards so they don't have to just run or walk and then leave but they can stick around and enjoy the uh, evening festivities and they can go back all weekend long for free 
into Polish Fest. And in addition to the run walk, what's your favorite part of Polish Fest, Brother Rob? I think the favorite part is just seeing the that big crowd of people and this big uh, swarm of different of, of colored T-shirts that all match and they're walking in, in one in one uh, big crowd. It's just impressive to see all those uh, same T-shirts in the, around the grounds. I and, think it's really neat. And again, if you want your team name on the T-shirt, you've got to register by what date? By June third to get that team name on. It has to be a team of five or more people. And tell us how they can register. They can register online at uh, Capuchin Run Walk for the Hungry, or they can call us. Uh, at our uh, office at 414-271-0135, or they can uh, go to the org and click on the link for Capuchin Run Walk for the Hungry. And, of course, if you'd like information about the 13th Annual Capuchin Run Walk for the Hungry sent directly to your phone, text the keyword connection to 414-799-9494. Can listeners volunteer to help out? We take volunteers at St. Ben's for the evening meal. We take about we, we function with about 25 volunteers a night at St. Ben's. We have about 10 to 15 volunteers every day at the House of Peace, and we also need over 100 volunteers for the Run Walk event itself. So if anybody's interested in doing that, uh, we could use the help as well. What, what advice do you have for individuals that if they've thought about, gee, you know, I'd like to do something like that, but I don't know how comfortable I'd be going to a neighborhood I'm not used to, um, feeding people who maybe I don't feel that I can identify with. What advice do you have for them? Just remember the people who are coming to our doors are just like you and I. They're just down-to-earth people who are, who are just down on their luck, but they're really very much like you and I. And we have uh, security there on site at both sites, so there's always somebody to watch over and make sure that you're safe. And I just encourage you to come down and experience it for yourself. If not to volunteer, to just sit and share a meal with the guests. That is so important and so, such an eye-opener. Brother Rob Romer. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Libby. It's, it's wonderful of you to help us out. And by the way, we're going to have links at kticountry.com. If you want to be part of the Run Walk at Polish Fest, if you'd like to volunteer at St. Ben's or at House of Peace, it's all there. Just go to kticountry.com, click on the Features tab, look for Connections, and you can share this interview with family and friends. And for Country Connection, I'm Libby Collins.